This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. talking a lot about the importance of innovation in today's time frame in the world. So today I want to give some examples from the sports field. And I'm going to start with the NBA. So we're going to talk a little bit about basketball. So if we go all the way back to March of 2020, the sports arenas, they were the first professions really to announce wholesale that they were going to pause their seasons because of the coronavirus. And so overnight, basketball was ended, baseball was stopped, football was stopped, all kinds of things. And at the time, I think people imagined that this was going to be a short-term change and that soon we'd be able to get back to business as usual. However, it's been a longer-term scenario and is likely to be longer than anyone would ever have imagined if we go back to March 2020. So in the meantime, organizations have had to think about how are we going to be relevant in today's time? We can't just sit in on the sidelines or in the dugout and wait forever. So at the NBA, they decided that they were going to start their season and they just were going to do it differently. So they decided that instead of traveling all around like they normally do, they would operate in one single venue in Orlando, Florida, which is Disney's ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. So all games would happen there. They would utilize 22 teams rather than the normal 30, and the bottom eight just wouldn't be included right now. This was a way to restrict the contact and transmission of the virus, reducing the number of people and making sure everyone was sequestered into one facility where it could be controlled access in and out. And of course, the industry was facing billions of dollars in lost revenue, so it was important to do something different. Now, this rollout required new procedures. All players had to be tested for the virus. They had to be quarantined when they arrived down in Florida to make sure that they were still okay. The games were going to be played without any live audience. So they would be made for TV, but no live fans in the stand. So they had to get creative. They ended up having some video feed of fans from the home team, so to speak, that actually could be broadcast into the arena. There are poster boards and chairs of people, so it looks like there are people in the stands. And also, there's noise that's piped in of crowds cheering and things going on. So if you're watching it on television, there is some semblance of a normal reality to some extent. In addition, the Basketball Association 
worked very closely with infectious disease experts, public health experts, and also government officials to figure out what do we have to do to play the game in a way that's going to be safe for everyone. So they had to use much more stringent safety practices. And that remains ongoing testing, even as the season progresses. And if someone becomes infected, isolating that person until they have recovered. They also changed around a little bit the way in which they're playing basketball, particularly when they get down to the end of the season and into the final game. So they had to make a number of shifts to reflect the current reality. Now, similarly, Major League Baseball also did some changes, also did some pivots, and they moved from the normal up about 162 games to about 60 games for a season. They also are playing in arenas where there are no fans, however, different from basketball, at least at this recording, they're still traveling around rather than being in one arena. And so who knows, that may change as we go forward. We'll have to wait and see. They also implemented some other rules just to keep people safe. So if you've watched baseball in the past, you see players are often spitting regularly. Well, there's no spitting allowed in the games now. Pitchers in the baseball game also would sort of, they would lick their fingers to get a better grip on the baseball. And now instead of doing that, They're provided with water-soaked rags for that purpose rather than having to use the saliva from their own mouths and possibly maybe transmit something that they weren't intending to transmit. In addition, the baseball players are restricted in their movements when off hours. And that's very difficult to do and to maintain when you're dealing with a very young demographic, young players who are used to being able to go out on the town and engage in communication with other people and so on. However, their activities are really being restricted. Some of what's happening in both games is that fans, actual fans, can actually pay a fee to have a blow-up of their own picture and likeness put on a chair in the stadium. And in the case of baseball, if a baseball goes out of bounds and ends up in the stands, and it ends up on your picture, that baseball will be sent to the person whose face is on that chair. So the whole point I'm making here is that in business, just like in sports, which is also a business, you have to figure out a way to stay in the game. You don't just stop the game. You stay in the game. You innovate and you change and you do things differently so that it works for these times. And I would be willing to say that even where they've started and what they're doing now may change because they're gonna learn as they go along and they're gonna test some practices and find that maybe those practices aren't good enough, which means they're gonna have to iterate and change again. And that's the same for you as the executive business leader. You want to do some new things that maybe you haven't done before. Test them out. See if they work. Keep what works and then iterate and change what doesn't work. But the bottom line is keep serving your community and providing the value 
that they're looking to you to provide. So stay in the game and win. As an executive business leader, you have many difficult decisions to make every single day. And it's important to think about how do you develop your people? How do you launch and develop high-performance teams? And how do you create a culture that wins every time? If you would like to take a look at your organization and to talk about the wisdom and guidance that would propel you to create a best place to work and also competitive advantage, then I invite you to apply for a consultation to work with me. Go to my website, www.transleadership.com, go to the services page, and under organizational consultation, you will see a tab that says, contact us. That's where you request a consultation. So if you are an executive business leader in a medium to large size company, then I look forward to receiving your application and having a conversation with you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.